Welcome to the Due Daily Podcast. I am Nick Boucher with Helios Quantitative Research. This show is designed to support financial advisors in the conversations that you are having with your clients. Each month, I'll be joined by Joe Mallon and Jason Van Thiel from our research team. We'll be taking a deep dive into recent and important events. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Welcome to the October edition of the Do Dilly Podcast. I am your host, Nick Boucher, the Director of Marketing Operations at Helios. I am joined by Jason Van Thiel and Joe Mallon. You want to introduce yourself, guys? This is Joe Mallon. Hey, everyone. Jason Van Thiel. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's dive right into it, guys. Uh, we want to kick things off with the biggest story of the last month and one that kind of happened right at the end of the month to us. The market turned south pretty quickly in the last several days of the month. So what's your guys' outlook and you guys have any insight on what's going on and where you see things going? Yeah, it, it I kind of joke that it's the first time we've had some real news in the market for quite some time. It's been such a just upward trend this year that end of September gave us a little bit of volatility. We saw the markets pull back. The S&P had a drawdown. You know, here we sit on October 7th, so we've bounced back a little bit, but we had a drawdown of over 5%. And that was the first time in 2021 we had a drawdown that large. It was actually very rare to pretend like we would go through a year without a 5% pullback, but we got it. We pulled back about 4% back in February, March timeframe and again in May, but never quite this this large, if you want to call it that. More extreme though was the NASDAQ. You know, We've seen more volatility out of that index since the bottom of 2020. NASDAQ actually had a 10% pullback back in February, March, almost eight in May. And this time around, it pulled back about 7.3%. But I guess the, the point is this stuff happens. The pullback wasn't extreme. It's not something I think to be overly concerning about. I think the drivers of that are concerning. And I think they're concerning in the long term. Kind of like Joe said, I mean, we haven't had a down month in the S&P since January, I think, before September. So we're on quite a kind of mini secular bull since the COVID drawdown in March of last year. And we should expect these types of pullbacks and you know, technical corrections, you know, 10% or more occasionally in the market. Now, with the speed of, of this one, you know, basically concentrated in the course of five, six, seven trading days. It was fast and generated a lot of headlines, but you know, it's kind of a sideshow. We're still we're still in year two of the pandemic and we're up mid teens year to date. And we're about as of right now, two point four percent off the all time high in the S P five hundred. So I think you need to take a little step back and go, okay, this really isn't that bad. But like I said, there's some news underneath the hood that is cause for this pullback and actually could be looming for some bigger corrections to come. But what we're experiencing now is not unprecedented. It's happened before. And the most probable scenario is that we find our way out of it in the end of the year. Things are nice and rosy again, but we should probably jump into a few of those topics. Right. And I think, Joey, I think you nailed it on the head. I mean, we're, we're still up in the mid-teens and with everything that's going on, the market is still up for the year. So where is this all of this anxiety coming from? I think the I kind of think of it like a, I don't know, a pyramid or a triangle, but the real tip of the iceberg, iceberg, there you go. That's probably a better analogy, is that yield or uh, interest rates are creeping up. And that is what can give the market a lot of concern. So, you know, near mid-September, we were at about 1.3% on the 10-year yield. And we sit today at about 26 basis points higher at 1.56%. And it was a pretty swift 20 basis point rise in the 10 year. 
and that coincided with the market sell-off. But if we go one layer deeper, why are interest rates rising? I think there's really kind of three components to it. The first is just fears of inflation. We've talked about it multiple times on this podcast, but the expectation of transitory inflation are still there. But when you have things like energy prices reaching highest levels since 2018, I think, for oil, right now we're just under $80 a barrel on oil. It was just under 70 a month ago. Natural gas is trading at a little over $5.5 in the US, but you're seeing places like Europe it's trading at $25, in China, $30. Um, wow. You have this environment now where just a ton of demand, supply constraints due to the supply chain overall being disrupted. People are driving more now than they were pre-pandemic and not taking as much mass transit, which is almost an effect of COVID. And you know, hmm. when things like that happen, it just adds fuel to that inflation fire. And Quite literally. the concern that yeah, it literally adds fuel to the inflation fire. And you know, US came out and said we might dip into the strategic petroleum reserve. We may cut off exports. I don't know if those are going to be that material, but again, it's one of those things that has happened before. It's not necessarily a huge issue, but it bubbles up to this fear of inflation and then, you know, causing rates to rise. I'd say the other two, uh, maybe I'll let Jason talk more about those, is the short-term debt ceiling issue we're dealing with. They've extended that now into December, but that could be a problem. And the last part is just how will the Fed react to all of this? And we're seeing interest rates be more reactive. Those are the real-time market projections of those concepts. And if any of those three kind of become a major issue, we could see rates continue to rise and further disruption or sell-off in the equity markets. It seems like over the last couple of months, Washington, D.C. has been synonymous with the markets. Is this a trend that we see breaking? Or Jason, what do you see going on there? I mean, I think the the big stories, frankly, over the last several months have been a combination of D.C., COVID, and the Fed, and some mixture of those. So we've kind of talked about it a lot, but especially with kind of the debt ceiling that kind of that came to a head this month, they just put kicked the can down the road. It's just frustrating because every year they seem to have to increase the debt limit legislatively when they've already approved all of the spending and all the programs associated with that. The fact that they don't do that in concert and that the debt ceiling is actually a thing is just mind boggling to me that it conceptually from an accounting standpoint, just doesn't make any sense. It's like buying a car and then 12 months later deciding, oh, I don't need to pay for that car. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Your creditors might not think so, but yeah, you know. print, print a $50,000 coin and pay for that car. There we go. And let's, uh, let's make it digital while we're at it. <laughs> With all the talk in recent months about politics, inflation, and the Fed and actions they may be taking, what would you say to advisors who are themselves anxious about what may be coming and more so when they have an anxious client base and what it might mean for them? You know, we're all human. We all have, you know, the things that we get concerned about and, you know, a lot of them have real merit to be concerned about. I mean, there are a million different things that can impact markets, politics, our feelings, and how our, we kind of view each of those things. We all have our political biases. We all have our unconscious and cognitive biases. And you know, being cognizant that those things exist and being able to kind of take a minute 
and step back can really, I think, do a lot of help. There are a lot of things out there that are just outside of our control. And being anxious or deviating from a plan or anything we've put in place generally is is harmful. Like we've seen studies on retail investors and the more they trade, kind of the lower returns that they get. And I think there's there's a corollary here to being concerned about the Fed and and other things. Like there are real impacts of the Fed on the market, but you know, we're not Fed governors. We're we're not we don't have a say in that matter. We need to react and deal with things as they exist in the real world, not as we would want them to be. Anything you'd like to add there, Joe? When I look at the top conversations that clients are bringing to advisors now, number one is always the same. And if we do a little power ranking present day on topics of concern, number one is the equity market. You know, they might not say it. That's what they're always most concerned about. Are we going to have a pullback? Are my stocks going to be hurt? That's the driver of most long-term returns in a portfolio. So it makes a ton of sense. When we think just about equities right now, valuations are high but there's a lot of stimulus planned for the market. There is a lot of good going on in terms of innovation across the globe and stocks should be viewed as long-term. And I don't see anything overly concerning in the long-term for stocks. And we continue to hold those and we always will. Number two, interest rates. Most importantly, how are interest rates going to impact my number one? If interest rates go up, yes, equities will sell off. It's math. There's several reasons for it. But in the short term, a a spike in interest rates will hurt equity markets. But if we've seen anything over the past two weeks here, they've recovered and rates have stayed relatively high. The second part of the rate question has to do with their fixed income portfolio. And we've talked about it on this, this podcast a lot, but I'm personally not overly concerned with rising rates. If you're a portfolio manager of fixed income, you're concerned about it, but rising rates are going to, yes, maybe impact the valuation of a bond portfolio in the short term, but give you greater return in the future. And I think that's what our retired folks need is higher interest rates to earn more on their cash or you know safe type investments in the future. And third, we've talked about again several times is the inflation question. And the biggest message or the biggest advice I can give an advisor is just tell client, inflation doesn't really matter does in the grand scheme of things when we think about finance 101 and you know what's my true buying power yada 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 but you can't do anything about it it's like taxes we can complain about it and say oh my taxes went up and i have less take home pay it's a similar concept with inflation in my opinion when talking to an end client yeah it can happen we can try to position you to with some cute asset classes like tips or gold to maybe have your portfolio go up but frankly none of those work that well they haven't worked that well this year. So just kind of t- in a creative way, probably less blunt than I just described it is the inflation is the inflation. It's going to happen in that world. Rates will go up, we'll earn more. And in the long term, you shouldn't be overly concerned about it because there's not much we can really do about it. Yeah. Thinking of inflation similar to taxes in the sense that it's just a built-in cost. It's it's in there. It's going to happen. That's I, I like that. I like that. And I will say as far as those cute asset classes, I've always been a fan of gold just because I like wearable assets personally. <laughs> you look good in gold. <laughs> I have always thought so. I got a couple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe sneakers is the next inflation hedge. Well, hey, I know StockX, I believe they're valued at it over a million dollars. Oh yeah. No, just, just out of frame here. I got a couple of investments. Although a Apparently, according to the misses, they're not investments if I don't ever sell them. 
All right. Well, uh, moving along, uh, financial advisors do a lot of things for their clients, but one of their more important roles, I think, is uh, them being a coach and guiding their clients through their financial lives. We all have our biases, and we've seen studies on how individual investors get in their own way and can hurt their own returns. But how have these coaching relationships evolved over the past few years? And are there areas that you think advisors should be prepared for? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think this role of advisors has expanded considerably over the last, you know, over recent history, maybe the last decade or so. And it's really kind of precipitated on that shift from a more kind of broker type business model to a more advisor fiduciary type model. And talking clients, you know, off the ledge and kind of coaching them around their behavioral behavioral biases is a incredibly important part of that financial advisor client relationship, especially when we get into times like these where, you know, you have different opinions on, you know, what's happening in DC, you have the inflation and and Fed. There there are a lot of things that can kind of get people anxious that we talked about in the in the prior section. And making sure they don't deviate from their plan and their process is a really important part of an in a relationship between a client and advisor. And I think those types of coaching sessions and talking those clients off the ledge and giving them the confidence that you know their plan is right for them can help build those long-term relationships build referrals and improve client retention yeah i think we, we talk a lot about advisors just being almost psychologists with their clients they 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 do a plan they keep them on track they hold them accountable i think the vast majority of clients don't really care that much about the underlying investments but you do run into those clients that want to do quote unquote fun things with their portfolios. They want to invest in crypto. They want high flyer stocks. And I think everyone listening to this is probably a better advisor than I would be, but I think you have to let your clients participate in those type of activities, but do it in a kind of prudent, responsible way and allowing a client to maybe pick some stocks or go into alternative type assets and just presenting the risks, but allowing them to dabble I think is the the best way to manage those type of clients over the long term. A very important part of this is kind of the the idea generation that clients are getting these ideas from. We get a lot of advisors telling us, you know, they got inbound client requests for topic XYZ that they probably saw in Barron's or the Journal or the Times or, or wherever it came from. And, you know, allowing the client to have, you know, a hand in their thing, like Joe mentioned, and, you know, use kind of sandbox or play money to to kind of play out those ideas can be important, but also making sure that that's, you know, they're not taking outsized risks because a lot of those, you know, once it hits barons, frankly, it's a, it's too late. Or a lot of these are more kind of mm. private market opportunities that, you know, just are hard to play or, or need a, a big slug of a liquid capital, which, which may not be prudent for a client. So, you know, being able to navigate around that for an advisor and kind of allow the client to have a good, good relationship with them and, you know, have those kind of sandbox money while, you know, talking them out of those those big risky illiquid ideas is important. I, I've I've told friends or family that come to me just for advice personally, and it's happened a lot more in this past year. And we, you know, when markets go up, people like to find things that have rallied hard. Everyone's making money in their brokerage account, but I make them do one thing, and that is open. If you're going to do this, if you're going to start getting into trading, open one account for that, and do me a favor, open a second account. And buy a ticker like VT, which is the total market with 100% of the, of the account. Now you need to compare yourself to that over time. 
And inevitably, <laughs> it always turns out that, wait, Joe, that passive portfolio has done much better. And you, you just have to have them have that experience that we all know about as professionals in the industry, have them experience and have that comparison. Um, so they know they're not some stud portfolio manager. And if they are, they've made money doing it and continue to do it and fine, but do never, never sell that just total market ETF. You'll always have it, have it as a baseline to compare to. And not only is it going to do better, it's going to do better with zero work put into it. So there's no sunken cost of all the time spent of trying to be nimble and, you know, make moves at the right time. I, I think of a, of a portfolio, almost like a team that you're putting together and you can have a team full of superstars, but without proper coaching, you know, you can only do so much with that. The example I always give to people is, you know, I, I boil it down to basketball. I think Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. I think Kobe's the second greatest and I think LeBron's third. And anytime people want to argue, you know, uh, LeBron versus Mike, which I think is asinine or LeBron versus Kobe, I, I tell them that the difference is that Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant both benefited from the tutelage of Phil Jackson, who is, I think, inarguably the greatest NBA coach of all time. He's got 10 rings, even one one as a player. He's got a ring for every finger. And I think that's a testament to the importance of coaching. Exactly. And it it kind of goes to the core of our business too. What are you doing? You know, how, if you're an advisor, why are you an advisor and an asset manager? You have to know you're not good at it. You know, folks that came out of the 70s and 80s that were brokers, I get that. But today's day and age, you have to be able to convey a message. But every minute you spend on portfolio management is a cost to your practice. And that's why we exist, is to really outsource that concept and allow advisors to focus on spending every minute of their day growing their business as opposed to doing just a futile task that is in conflict with their core business. Yeah, it's all about kind of leveraging your your competitive advantages. And I think that's where, to Joe's point, advisors focusing on client relationships is a lot more valuable use of their time than, you know, spending a half hour a day, an hour a day looking at, you know, markets and everything else. That's where kind of getting scale in your business can be truly powerful. Absolutely. And we'll throw uh, Nick's email in the show notes if you want to uh, send us a nasty gram on his basketball ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. That's Nick.Boucher at Helios Driven. Let me know how you feel. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much for the uh, time and the insight and the information today. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anything we didn't uh, cover or anything we want to circle back to? Or are we feeling good about this month's pod? I think the last couple of days where the markets have been positive, you know, kind of calmed everyone's nerves. We we did see a, a spike of volatility late last week. A lot of things coming to the market, hitting the market at the same time. Each of those independently will probably work themselves out between now and the end of the year. But it could be a choppy ride, as as we've seen with the debt ceiling debate day in and day out. It can move markets extremely up or down. So keep an eye out between now and the end of the year. I think it's going to be a time when people reflect on what 2021 has been and how strong the markets have been. I And I agree with you. At the end of the year, this will definitely be a, a strange and anomalous year to take a look back at in totality. Coming up for Q4 at Helios, we got some, uh, some fun things that we're cooking up. I don't want to blow the lid on them just yet, but keep an eye on your socials and on your inbox, and we'll be reaching out to you soon. Once again, this is Nick Boucher at Helios. Thanking you guys for your time today, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys on the next edition of the Do Dilly Podcast. Thanks, guys. Helios Quantitative Research is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. 
The views expressed in this recording are the personal views of the participants as of the date indicated and do not necessarily reflect the views of Helios Quantitative Research itself. Nothing contained in this recording constitutes investment, tax, legal, or other advice, and it should not be viewed as a current or past recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where our firm and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by our firm unless a client service agreement is in place. Helios Quantitative does not work with individuals and therefore does not provide personal financial advice. The information in this recording is based on current market conditions, which will fluctuate and may be superseded by subsequent market events or for other reasons. Helios Quantitative Research does not assume any duty to update forward-looking statements. The information in this recording has been developed internally and or obtained from sources believed to be reliable. However, no representation or warranty expressed or implied is made or given by or on behalf of Helios Quantitative Research as to the accuracy and completeness or fairness of information contained in this recording. Any liability as a result of this recording, including indirect, indirect, special, or consequential loss of damage is expressly disclaimed. Copyright 2021, Helios Quantitative Research, LLC, all rights reserved.